Hi, everybody. Dear Jack, I don't know how to proceed with this. It's a voice memo. It's for our post-New Year's episode, episode number 29. You're in Brazil. I am in my apartment, and it is about 10 p.m. I had a fullish day. That's that's an overstatement. I woke up and I went to the YMCA in Park Slope with Stuart. I used one of his guest passes, one of my guest passes. I went on a stair stepper that actually had stairs that like, I mean, I don't go on these things. I, I, I haven't spent much time at gyms. I don't understand how an elliptical machine works. Um, but this is a stair stepper that had steps that like, emerged and I walked 50 flights of stairs, which I was sweating within 30 seconds. And then I rode for 10 minutes. And then I went in a room that had all these, um, kind of weight machines. And I did like twists and glutes things. Um, Stuart and I sat and stared at people for a little while, which was fun. And then we went to a diner and Mark joined us. And I got a veggie burger and it got a, a plate of chicken figures for the table. And that made me think of, and I told the story of how when Drew Jacoby and I were at ballet school in Seattle, we'd go to Larry's Market and she would get, I don't know, f- between five and ten of these really delicious chicken fingers and a head of broccoli. And she would uh, steam the broccoli whole just the entire thing. And then she'd place it on a plate with the chicken fingers and she would eat it uh, like a hog. And, um, a few minutes later, she would start farting, uh, loudly. And at that point, I was so amused by that. I would laugh every time, and her roommates, Laurel and Mary Mac, would, um, they had no reaction, because they had numbed to it, apparently. At any rate, we had our lunch, and then I came home, wait, what did I do? No, I went to studio, and I made a sample for a Bally Austin piece we're working on, and then I went home and Anthony Roth Costanzo visited me and we looked at uh, my apartment he gave me some thoughts and he, then he told me some of the most outrageous stories I'd ever heard about his love life. One of them involving a, a scale model of a doorway that he once mentioned to a person he was breaking up with at a restaurant and he compared the two of them to these side-by-side doors and then months later had someone, a set designer, make a scale model of those doorways and gave it to this man. It's hard for me to understand why. I think we need to have him back on to tell some of these stories. I've never heard anything like it. Yeah, I... Every story was a, was a shock. And none of the stories had logical endings. I'll tell you that much. What else is happening? I feel, uh, I, I, I've been making tasks and um, meetings for myself with people so I don't lose my mind. I was home with my mom for two days, which is really nice. We didn't do anything. And now I'm here. And, you know, sometimes things feel normal. And sometimes I'm staying up till 3.30 in the morning putting stickers in my paint by stickers book. You know, that's okay. And, you know, when I showed that book to Jeremy, I thought he was gonna have nice things to say about it. But he looked at it with disdain. Today, Anthony looked at me and in utter seriousness said, essentially, like, do you, you know, would you consider coming to Tokyo to sing as part of something? And I was like, what are you talking about? You must have lost your mind. Like, as if I, as if it was just sort of on the back burner. Like, I've been keeping it up these past 20 years. Anyways, I haven't. Last night I made a a Japanese jiggle cheesecake, which was phenomenal. And Russell and Claire Kretschmar came over and we watched The Marvelous 
Mrs. Maisel, and I went to a restaurant with Stuart and Mark and a friend of Stuart's and this girl Anne from um, from Stuart's days with Lucinda Childs, and we had a birthday dinner for Stuart and then went to Stuart's house, and Anne told some stories that about Lucinda's company that were... Fin- I was phenomenal. I was speechless, and... Um, she, uh, she's an incredible woman who really wears her emotions very, very, very close to the surface of her skin. So whilst laughing and telling these stories, she would then fall into tears of sadness very suddenly. It was alarming. Uh, what else can I tell you? I've seen a lot of movies. I plan on seeing more. I'd like to see Star Wars, and I will be seeing I, Tanya. Uh, New Year's is coming. I don't have concrete plans, but I will do something. I'm determined, because I don't want to, you know, kill myself at home. So anyone have a show I should watch? I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Actually, I'm just so overwhelmed that there's so many things that uh, 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 it's paralyzing. Anyways, eat well, sleep well, exercise. I went swimming at my pool at the Parks and Recreation Center, which is essentially me and homeless people. Um, But it's great. It was just me and four senior citizens, one of whom was a very fast swimmer. It's confusing. Um, I like being in the water. I forgot. Um, and that's it. Good morning, Reed. Um, oh, hey, everybody. Dear Reed, um, it's, well, it's not morning. It's, like, almost one in Sao Paulo, but that is, mm, I don't remember, like, almost ten in New York. Um, the flight did not feel horrible. I mean, I suppose any flight, if, <laughs> if you're in coach, any flight's horrible. It's really, like, flying in a toilet at this point, you know, just people, people coughing. Of course, that drives me totally crazy. Um, you know, farting, babies crying, screaming, and then you're really crammed in. It's just, it's real, uh, class warfare. Um, but because we'd gone to Melbourne this past year, this, this 10 hours felt like three. I really, it really felt like a flight to Chicago, except, um, I was able to get two seats by myself. So I laid down on those and had like, you know, some sort of crazy, crazy weird sleep. And Jeremy slept pretty much the whole way. Um, because he ended up getting to have three seats. I, I found those two seats so he could have three seats to lay down in. Immediately upon getting here, just flew through customs, saw Jamie, so sweet. And then we just went around a fair amount of Sao Paulo yesterday. I mean, it's a, it's huge. It's a teeming, teeming city. It's warm here, which is really nice. We, we ran into our friends, Brian and... Uh, his partner Christian in this store and Jeremy and I got coffee with them. The Airbnb we're staying in is great and and then it has some issues like we turned the air conditioner on and it made this really horrible sound like every two minutes. (laughs) So I had like a full meltdown and um, Jeremy somehow took it apart like he found a screwdriver and and took it apart and we turned it off and it stopped and uh and then this morning i was like oh this stove doesn't work 
<laughs> I like flipped out about that. And um, so I boiled water in a glass craft I found in the, in the microwave. And then Jeremy came out and he was like, well, did you plug it in? It's kind of like The Holiday, which I had never seen. Had you ever seen The Holiday? I, I've, I'd never seen it. We, we just watched it last week. Jeremy had seen it a lot. And um, it's like a romantic movie by Nancy Myers, that woman who made that movie that your like adopted nephew, whatever person it was just in. Um, and you know what? It's a good movie. Kate Winslet is divine. She has to cry through the whole movie. She sounds kind of like that woman you had dinner with from Lucinda Child's uh, company, like just really open and available, immediate tears, wonderful laugh. Cameron Diaz, I'm always on the fence about. Like, I'm always kind of like, well... Because it's this kind of acting that's like, I know I'm in a movie. Like, <laughs> she just, she doesn't ever believe the role. I never, I never feel like she believes what she's doing um, or, or is the part. She's like, oh, I'm, this is my job today and I'm going to act, you know, goofy and, and I'm beautiful. And I mean, I love her. She reminds me of this girl I had this crush on. And in my adult life, can you imagine like 1920 and our birthdays were a day apart and we would celebrate them at the same time and like make out, get into it. Um, I can just picture your face right now being like, ugh. And uh, oh, Jude Law, <gasps> so, so handsome. Oh my God, so charming. And then Jack Black, who I also, in this movie, it's kind of like, what? I don't live. Actually, I gotta say, I don't live for him in this movie. So, you know, I guess I don't really, I didn't really live for Cameron or or Jack Black in this film. But I lived for the, the you know, the ones with the accent. <laughs> what else? Oh, okay. You are working out. I really love um, whatever twists and glutes mean uh, on weight equipment. I kind of suggest maybe not doing the twist thing that you're talking about on the weight equipment. I just, I think I know what you're doing and I just picture you kind of throwing yourself into it and then being like, that didn't feel good. But I love that you're having a gym moment. I love picturing you staring at people at a gym. That seems on brand. I mean, I can't believe how social you're being. It's really, it's amazing. You're really filling your days with um, social activity. I had Christmas with Parker, which was lovely. With uh, and our friend Emma was there, and Amber Martin, who's such a kick, and um, it was so good. That was all really great. And we watched Killing of a Sacred Deer, which read. Ugh, I can't wait for you to see it. Nicole Kidman's so amazing. I mean, I think you liked the lobster. I can't remember. I didn't. I was kind of like, ugh, well, sure. Like, I really, the whole thing was kind of an eye roll for me. I was like, this is, you know, I, an art movie and in this way. And the thing I like about the director is he's Greek. He's clearly dealing with, you know, what is, what's our, what are contemporary mythologies? And this Killing of a Sacred Deer, immediately I was like, oh, this must be based on Iphigenia at Aulis. And then later... Uh, someone's like, oh, your daughter wrote, you know, this great paper about Iphigenia. So Killing of a Sacred Deer, I can't wait for you to see it. I can't wait to talk with you about the boy who's the lead in it. He is incredible. All the, I mean, I love Nicole Kidman always. I love Colin Colin Farrell always. He's so hot. And now he's with this full dad bod. So sexy. The kids are amazing. It kind of, it made me think about Again, about Lady Bird and this acting that I was like, mm, this isn't good. I mean, granted, Killing of a Secret Year, this director has a certain style, but the actors are, and the, these kids, uh, read the boy, 
the boy, when he eats that spaghetti, you're going to lose your mind. I don't know if I have my screener anymore. Anyhow, you'll you'll see it. You'll see it somehow. And I just watched this movie that Parker's in that she had really loved. It's on iTunes. It's called Columbus. Um, and the girl who's in that, again, she's incredible. Um, it's this the girl who's the lead is so amazing. And I'm I'm gonna like loop back to just this acting that it was just not good in Ladybird, and you can watch this girl in Columbus and be like, "Uh huh, that's that is so natural, so so charming, so nuanced, so so multifaceted." Uh, I I don't know who that actress is. She's incredible. You're going to live for her performance. It's amazing. So there's stuff you can watch. You can watch Columbus on iTunes. Find Killing a Secret Deer. Go see it in the theater. Um, you also asked for some other suggestions. I'm assuming you've gone all the way through the Crown. I mean, I am really Margaret, am I not? When she ashes in that plant, it's so me. I miss smoking so much. I think about it almost every day. Oh, what else did you do? Oh, I posed for this painter who I love, um, Angela Dufresne, and we're going to be working together this coming year. And um, so I sat for her right before coming to Sao Paulo, which was so fun, and she's so amazing. And we talked about films, but I'm trying to remember. I love that you're staying up till 3 a.m. with that sticker book. This year's going to be wild. I was looking at the schedule, and when we get into the last week of March and the first week of April, well, for you, it's really going to be like the last two weeks of March because you'll be doing a lot for getting ready for the Guggenheim show. It's going to be wild. We'll have, you know, three weeks of working really hard. So, you know, try and take these couple months and just, you know, do your sticker book. I hope you're well. I'm so glad I'm not in New York. It was so cold. It was so gross. I'm going to go to this park now and then um, walk around and eat and drink a lot of coffee and, and probably go to a gay bar tonight. All right, well, um, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Or, you know, voice memo with you soon. Bye. Dear Jack, good morning. It's 10.15. Um, I am still under the covers. I am going to go meet someone for brunch soon. A friend that you don't even know. I've now done a thing, not proud of it, where I, in in talking about uh, uh, the loneliness at the holidays or whatever, you get this feeling that, you know, you start asking yourself, do I have any friends? Because you're, you know, your your two friends are out of town or your three, you know, your three, you have three friends, really. And then, um, and then you're like, do I have any friends? So you look what I did is I scrolled to the beginning of my text messages and I just started looking at people's names and I, and I would, if a name seemed really familiar and like gave me a feeling of warmth, I would send them a text message like happy holidays. I'm not proud of it, but what it did is it, is it made this brunch happen. So I'm having a brunch with Andrew Wallace, who is lovely, and he's really a friend of Russell's. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I really like him, and I'm, we're going to have really good banana bread. It's snowing outside. It's so it's pretty. I should feel overjoyed. I know that you talked at the end about modeling for Andrea Dufresne. Uh, 
And uh, was it in the nude? That's my only question. I don't know what, that's the only thing I'm interested in. Whether or not it was, it doesn't change my feelings on it. But how long did you have to sit still? That's uh, that's my other question. Before that, I know you were talking about a movie called Columbus, who was better than Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird. And on the topic of Lady Bird, Lady Bird is a movie for people who had contentious relationships with their mother. So I just want to acknowledge that I, I can understand if you liked it, and that's okay. Because I think there's things to like about it, but it's not great. Sorry. I'm sorry. The Sacred Deer movie, which is by the lobster people. And I didn't hate the lobster. I found it a little too... uh, It was a little too scary and graphic for me. It was kind of brutal, like the way that hideous things could happen. And there was no... People in the movie were just kind of like, well, that's too bad. That's upsetting to me. But I will see it and I'll go to the theaters. In fact, I may do that. uh, I will do that today or tonight. You talked some about your Airbnb with things going wrong. It's no surprise to me that you have meltdowns when things go wrong without even trying to uh, resolve the problem. I discovered upon coming back home from my mom's house for Christmas that my stove in my apartment has a pilot light. I mean, or it's magic because for three months I was lighting it with the clicker and now it has a pilot light. But you know how some pilot lights click and they go click, 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 and then they make the fire? This you just, I turned on the gas and I was about to like click the clicker to make fire to light it and it lit itself. So I have a Harry Potter stove and I'm I'm not mad about it. The The oven, however, you have to light and if you put it at 350, it's actually at 250. So I got an oven thermometer. I know things. That's how I had success with the jiggle cake, which was so good. And when you bit into it, it tastes, it sounded like sparkles. Does that make sense? It was like biting into a piece of like the most delectable foam. And I still have some in the refrigerator. And that's a joy to behold. You had a good flight. That was eight hours. Sounds really nice. I can't remember the last time. Well, I do actually remember the last time I was on a plane that wasn't completely full. I was on a plane once coming back from Sweden and we had been stuck in Stockholm for a few days because of some hurricane on the East Coast. And so when we got on the plane, there was one of those things where they're like, a plane has become available. Come to the airport. We went to the airport And we got on this plane, which was a giant international flight, and nobody was on it. And when I say nobody, it I'd never seen anything like it. Because I was traveling with three dancers, and this plane, it was essentially just us. I could have... I could have slept anywhere and I I could have done gymnastics routines. I could have done chair yoga. It was incredible. I wish every flight was like that, but I know it's a waste of fuel. So my responsible self wants planes to be full. Then you were on the flight. Jamie was there to greet you, which really made me sad that I'm not there. And I'm just going to say that. I'm sad. Uh, I'll write a text to Jamie or maybe I'll write him a letter or an email that says, congratulations on your marriage and on your exclusive wedding 
in Rio that I was invited to and I'm not going to because I can't spend that kind of money right now. It's expensive to have cancer. I'm just going to say it. And uh, it doesn't leave a lot of disposable income. And I, I just I just bought some, I just bought a table for my kitchen and it wasn't expensive, but that's where we are. I think that's all you talked about. You might've talked about 10 other things, but I'll be darned if I know about it. I could go back and listen to your voice memo, but I'm trying to do things in real time. I love Jeremy because he fixes everything. I'll say that. And I just love him because he's the most improved person of the years 2014 to 2017. The things I would like to talk about today, very important, extremely important, uh, House of Z, which is a project runway adjacent thing that I hope that you have time to watch it while you're in Brazil. I have a feeling you will once you get a little depressed and you just spend some time at home in front of your computer. House of Z <laughs> is a documentary about Zach Posen. Now, Zach Posen is a villain on television. I think he's just a villain in general. Zach Posen is exactly my age. He grew up in Soho on Spring Street. <laughs> And I grew up on Thompson between Spring and Broom. And our lives were really different. I think his mother was a corporate lawyer and he grew up in a loft. And his dad was an artist who like painted photorealistic paintings of fabric draped over stuff. Like a canvas or like boxes and stuff. Which is interesting. I thought it was cool. Zach Posen was one of the most beautiful children I've ever seen. I, it's insane. And the movie is all about like how his like artistic childhood and then his um his young adulthood with all these kind of bohemian girls at St. Anne's High School like Jemima Kirk and um other like you know fancy New York dilettantes led him to this uh very very explosive career in fashion as a young man and his he does that thing you know that thing where your friends these particularly young men completely lose sight of like the world where we the world where we are right now real life and they live in uh like a an Oscar Wilde play or a merchant ivory film depending on their mood, Zach Posen. So he became a modern day dandy and designed vintage dresses for, for women. Okay. And he became famous. P. Diddy invested in him and then his whole approach to design changed and then nobody cared. And then he, this documentary is essentially like a staged comeback. But in my mind, I'm like, did you? Now, I think the comeback is Project Runway, because as you and I both know, that show is one of the best shows on TV, and he's a cast member. I'm not going to give away any more. I know that you could do a Wikipedia and know everything from this movie, but it's really fun to watch. And there's like all of this drama, like for 20 minutes at the end of the movie surrounding this dress which is, like, inspired by Charles James. And there's all this struggle figuring out how to make it. It's bizarre. This is a bizarre moment. The music that is played surrounding this dress is just so over the top. You're not even going to believe it. 
the dress is big. That's what I can say. The color is not for me. And the good thing about the dress is that in the fashion show, it was so big that it like touched the audience members. And I thought that'd be nice to be sitting in the on the sides at a fashion show and having the clothes touch my feet. I like that. It feels right to me. I guess that's it. How long is this? 13 minutes. Well, lucky 13. It's a good time to stop. Dear Reed, Oi, tu do bien? Tu do bien. That's how it goes. So you go, Oi, tu do bien. That means, Hi, are you good? And then you would say, Tu do. Y vos say? And that means, I'm okay. And you? You have to speak Portuguese if you come to Sao Paulo. I'm not in Rio. I love that you think I'm in Rio. Um, <laughs> that the wedding's in Rio. It's, it's in Sao Paulo which is where Juan Pablo's from. Oh yeah, it's 80 degrees. You said it was snowing. It's 80 degrees here. You have to see Portuguese. What other expressions have I learned? Mm, I want to do this one really slow because I don't know if I'm going to do it right. Eu gostaria de um espresso com de poco, poco de leche. So I want, I would like, please, I, I guess I didn't say please, but it's I would like an espresso with a little bit of milk. Also, um, uh, we went, as we were walking around yesterday, we went into this store that was just witch clothes, like just full, it's called Das House, you know, of course. And um, I bought a, a kind of sheer black, really wonderful fabric t-shirt. But I tried on like all these other things that Jeremy was like, it's too costume. But the woman who was working there named Agatha, she didn't speak any English and my Portuguese is clearly what I just did for you in this. And we had we were like screaming in this store and dancing and having a really good time. It was really, really fun. And Jamie and Juan Pablo were with us and um, eventually we made Juan Pablo twerk because we, we, we were... We were, and Juan Pablo, oh, he's so, I, I should have him record some. Did you know that Juan Pablo, I mean, Jamie's married, like, Jeremy and I already signed their wedding documents, like, way back in the day, whenever they did that at City Hall. But this is the wedding for, this is the wedding, you know, the, the ceremony. Um, and I'll tell him that you're sad you're not here, and he will really understand. Um, he'll understand your, your reason. There's other people who didn't come that's a little perhaps less understandable um but yours you have a good one you got a really good excuse on this one so on pablo in he lived in chile for a bit and he was on their version of so you think you can dance representing brazil when i say he's an incredible dancer i mean he's he was like so you think you can dance dancer you can watch these things on youtube it's bananas. I mean, he's also lethally handsome and um, so, so sweet. And uh, we, we went to a really nice Japanese restaurant last night and he ordered everything. And um, but he can't be with me all the time, you know. <laughs> My best friend Jamie's uh, husband can't be with me all the time right now in Sao Paulo. So um, before coming here, I tried to learn... Portuguese, <laughs> you know, to not be an ugly American. I think it's important. And also, really, people here don't speak English. And not like in Paris, where they're just not going to speak English to you because they don't want to. I live for going through your texts. Someone just texted me 
and I, I read the text chain and I was like, still like, who is this? Uh, it's snowing. I'm so glad I'm not there. I'm just not into it. Um, I'm, I'm really not into winter anymore or, you know, I really, I wish we were snowbirds and someday, you know, we'll have a, a glass something in Miami. You're going to go hang out with Russell's friend. <laughs> you have that jiggle cake in your fridge. The stove, the stove, that's a real, I kind of, that's a little anxiety provoking, but um, I'm glad you find it magical, like a Harry Potter film. And that really is, in many ways, how you... Uh, I don't know, like, survive cancer so well this past year, as well as just deal real well. Uh, I was remembering when we were at Interlochen, I think that was the last time we traveled together. That was fun. I also like that when you remembered how I talked about flying here, you said I had a nice trip. And I'm pretty sure since I just recorded that a little bit ago, I said it was like, you know, it's like flying in a toilet. And I described, like, the class warfare that is having to ride in coach. Oh, you talked about Zach Posen. Zach Posen looks like a villain now. I mean, the the light work that she's had done is really good. I live for that frozen face. Um, her hair looks like black grapes. I mean, she has that very Oscar Wilde. You just feel like she lived for Salome and wanted to... Have you ever seen a dance of... You should watch this. It's on YouTube. It's a Ken Russell film. Ken Russell's wonderful director. I mean, I think people most know Ken Russell probably from The Boyfriend, which is that wonderful movie musical with Twiggy. But he has this great film called the Salome's Last Dance, which is about a performance of Salome when Oscar Wilde gets arrested. I love Salome. I feel like Zach Posen and I, in one way, could be friends. He is also, I mean, he made like a dress for Gina Gershon that she just posted. We should have him on the podcast. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I can't wait to watch that documentary. I live that you said Jeremy's most improved player from 2014 to 2017. And you know what? You're right. He's really put the work in. It's a, it's a good testament. I hope someday you go to therapy. I just... I remember asking you that once, and you were like, no, I don't have time for that. Um, but you certainly have time for brunches and banana bread. And maybe in a way that's your therapy, you know, to each their own. It's not, by the way, therapy doesn't work that way. Therapy's not hanging out with, like, an acquaintance of a friend of yours getting banana bread. That's therapeutic. We could call it therapeutic. It's kind of like when people are like, running is meditating. No, it's not. Running is running. You're like running outside, you're seeing a million different things, your mind's being hyperactive. It's like being like, oh, shopping's meditating, fucking's meditating, la la la. No, it's like meditation is being still, or I can't bear it. I haven't done it and I can't remember how long. I'm drinking some more coffee. Coffee's meditating. I, I look forward to your response. I hope you have wonderful, a wonderful date today and enjoy the snow. Dear Jack, it's um, 11.38. I am just in bed. I, uh, that's not my name. My name's not just in bed. I just got in bed. And I'm a little sad. I think it's, I'm having to bid a fond farewell to, I guess it's not so fond. I'm bidding farewell to a pair of toenail clippers that I've had for oof, many many years, the better part of a decade, I'm sure, um, my brother bought me a pedicure kit many years ago from Brookstone. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Brookstone is, it's a cousin 
to the sharper image, I think. Like a mall shop that sold gadgetry uh, that was sort of focused on like personal health. Though thinking about it, I think maybe it was just like a front for like a vibrator shop for suburban ladies because they had all those back massagers that were vibrators. But anyways, I have a history of demolishing fingernail clippers when trying to cut my toenails because I have very thick, sturdy toenails and they 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 break the um the kind of hinge mechanism on fingernail clippers. And so these toenail clippers had been such a godsend and now a decade later they've broken. RIP toenail clippers. And I even was clipping after the shower when my toenails are softer than usual. Anyways, I took, I, I don't want this to be too long. You are in Sao Paulo, not Rio. I, I mean, sure. It's 80 degrees. That sounds jarring. Uh, it's winter time. I know, are you in the southern hemisphere? Geography is, uh, no longer my course. Portuguese. Now, I do know that Portuguese is the language of Brazil. I am um, a quarter Portuguese myself. My mother's mother is Portuguese, was Portuguese. Uh, the Azores. And my mom did just have genetic testing or that whatever that thing is where you send your spit. And she is indeed from the Iberian Peninsula. Quite a bit. Uh, your Portuguese sounds interesting. It's much like your French. I, it's no surprise to me that Juan Pablo can do anything. Just looking at his body and his splits and his face, he's a star. I will have to post a picture of him for the audience to get a full understanding of his beauty, his talent, his radiance, his skin tone, the evenness of his body. Anyways, um, Search Party is perhaps the best show on television. John Early, phenomenal. Christine Ebersol is giving the performance of her life, though she has like one minute of screen time. Aunt Freckle is in it. So, I mean, so good. I'm going to watch an episode right now before I go to bed, and then I'm going to be all jazzed. Anyways, um, tomorrow's New Year's Eve. I have plans now. I'll tell you later. And I hope you're having a wonderful time. I've been seeing the posts. Send my love to everybody. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Quatro, três, dois, one. Happy New Year! It is the morning of January 1st, 2018, and I feel good. I feel grateful. New Year's Eve was really nice. Yeah, I feel really hopeful. It's much nicer to write the number 2018. I want there to be um, joyful surprises at work and political redemption, and there's other things. I feel grateful for my friends and my where I live and for my health. I feel good, and not even, like, sarcastically. So, Happy New Year to you guys in Brazil. I miss you. I love you. I'm grateful for our podcast. It's been... 
it's been a really regular practice for us this year, which I think has been really good. And I'm excited to keep going. Andrew Wallace threw a great New Year's party. And Stuart and Mark came and had a lovely time. And it's beyond cold. There's ice on the inside of my windows. And uh, I saw Phantom Thread yesterday. And it was absurd. And uh, you should see it. Anyways, I also went to the Louise Bourgeois exhibit. And it was much bigger than I thought. Happy New Year. Feliz Ano Novo, Reed. Happy New Year, Reed. And um, I'm so, I'm so grateful that your response um, was your gratitude and wishes for 2018. Because that's what... I was thinking of doing so we can wrap this queen up (laughs) and so that Jeremy, God bless her, uh, can edit it together and get it out. It's not freezing cold here with ice on the inside of the windows. It's so beautiful and warm and humid. Jeremy and I took this walk in this park yesterday and that was, you know, palm trees and incredible lush foliage. And there were straight couples and queer couples sitting on benches making out. It made me so happy. And And then I thought about New York in January, and I thought, I'm just not going to think about that right now. I had a great New Year's, fireworks galore, Um, Juan Pablo's mom is everything, and uh, we ate all the sushi, and it was uh, was so great. Um, That Juan Pablo's stepdad made, handmade. And uh, the days have been lovely here. It's a really great way to start the year. I feel very grateful that I'm able to take a trip like this and I am grateful and excited about our work coming up this year I'm not looking forward to coming back to New York but I am looking forward to seeing you I'm going to see you literally in a week and when we record next and I'm looking forward to seeing the boys uh, Garen and Lloyd and James who I love so much. I'm so excited about this piece. And I'm grateful that my health is good. My lungs have cleared up finally after two inhalers and the pack of steroids and the antibiotics. And um, I've been working out every day here and it looks snatched. And um, I'm very grateful for your health. And I'm grateful for this podcast and that you... Uh, but of the weeks that I'm like, why don't we just not do it that week? And you're like, no, we're doing this uh, forever until we die. And so, yes, likewise, grateful for this practice. Um, looking forward to how it unfolds. And I'm grateful to our listeners that this that they, they like it and that hopefully it helps them and um, or at least entertains them and uh, can have some laughs, which I think are really important in this these lethal, lethal dark times. I mean, please, please, political redemption, justice, This, these nuclear war tweets. Can you imagine? Uh, and yet, yeah, I can. I can completely imagine it. I loves you, Reed, and I loves you all for listening. Happy New Year. Happy 
Happy New Year, what's going on with Dance and Stuff listeners? We're now um, three days into 2018. 2017 is behind us. And mm, I feel like saying good riddance, though. I think like a lot of very nice things happened in 2017. Most importantly is that we started our podcast. I believe we started in... June or July, and here we are, several months later, almost 30 episodes in, and if you're still listening, I mean, good for you. You know what I mean? That's a that's a labor of love. And if you're there, keep listening. I'm sure we're going to have some fun stuff in the new year. Wonderful guests, and we're going to go see some shows, and we'll talk about movies, and hopefully... We won't be talking too much about, you know, being sent to internment camps or uh, or nuclear warfare. So, fingers crossed, you know? It could get dicey, but hopefully it won't. Hopefully you'll be here with us. I may have already said that. But we loves you. We rely on you because otherwise we're just um, yelling into the void. Though Jack and I would do that regardless. But keep coming back. And um, I hope you have a wonderful year, and keep us posted. Bye. Hi. So I'm going to give you, like, some basic stuff so you can, like, that you can use in your... Um, trip in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. So, um, first of all, to say hi, you can say oi or hola, but it's more used oi. And it's always it's coming with a, here, it's, 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 it's regular use like oi, uh, sorry, like hi and hi, how are you, like at the same moment. So it's like oi, tudo bem, how are you is tudo bem. And um, when you reply, you say tudo to see that it's okay. So somebody's gonna say oi, tudo bem? And you're going to reply oi, tudo. Understand? So everybody, good morning. You're gonna notice that. And we say bom dia. You can say bom dia in the hotel. Uh, you can say bom dia to Jeremy when you wake up. You can say bom dia to us when you wake up. And yeah, and then goes. And to say uh, good afternoon is boa tarde. Boa tarde. And to say good night, it's uh, boa noite. Boa noite. Okay? Now, if you want to order a coffee, you're gonna say to the person, Oi, poderia ter um café? Or, Oi, você poderia me dar um café? And you always say thank you, right? So you're gonna say thank you, like obrigado. And when you say obrigado, or somebody says to you obrigado, you're gonna reply welcome, right? And you say welcome here is de nada. Jamie, say obrigado. Obrigado. De nada. Now say oi, tudo bem. Oi, tudo bem. Oi, tudo. E você? Tudo ótimo. See? Tudo ótimo is everything is great, which is a little bit annoying because a lot of people say, love to say. Why do you think I said it? Yeah, no. 
think with that you can with this actually you can like you can get pretty far you can get pretty 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 far okay love you we are waiting for you ciao obrigado ciao obrigado valeu bye